Hi guys, it's Fiona here from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. A very happy new year to you, if I haven't already said that on social media or in my emails, but I hope you had a good break and you're back and ready to start preparing for IELTS again. I've got a great reading for you today. I was reading through it and it's just so good, it almost made me cry. I just thought there's so much in this reading that is so good for you on all levels, vocabulary, grammar, writing, task one and task two, that I don't know where to start. It's almost so good, there's no point me doing the questions because it's it's just amazing. So I'm going to go through this. It's called Driverless Cars and it's a reading passage two for academic but um, this was a special request and I think it's fine for general training especially because the, lang the language involved is so amazing. If you can get hold of this it's called Driverless Cars I'm sure it's easy to Google somewhere, but I would strongly recommend that you print this off and um, go through it with a fine-toothed comb, looking at all of the things I'm going to talk about today. Um, the questions we're looking at, there are matching uh, statements with the paragraphs, so those are all mixed up. Then there's a gap summary with two words maximum called the impact of driverless cars. And then there's those ones we don't like, choosing two letters out of five at the end. Um, let's look first of all at the, the, the construction of this article. Um, it, it follows all the rules that we talk about when we're writing task two. So it kind of gives a background at the start in paragraph A, a background um, to the history of automated vehicles. And then in paragraph B, it's got this lovely first line. It says, there are many reasons why technology is advancing so fast. It's, it's a topic statement, uh, which I recommend you use for each paragraph in, in your task two. You're, you're telling the examiner um, there are many reasons why. Um, for example, in the Members Academy, we talked about Oh, we did an essay on Friday and it was all about why people want to own their home. That was the first part of the question. The second part of the question was, um, is this a positive or negative situation? So the first part was giving reasons why people want to own their home. And then the second part is basically the, the pros or cons or both in, in your view. And the best essays, I think, were the ones that didn't just talk about the pros and cons of owning your home, but they talked more about um, basically the, the, the wider impact of home ownership. And this is almost what we're seeing here. It kind of talks about the benefits, obviously, um, 
But then the paragraph C says, beyond these direct benefits, we can consider the wider implications for transport and society. Now, that's perfect. That moves the reader on from the basic, maybe the predictable reasons why um, drive, driverless cars are becoming um, more common, I guess. And then the second paragraph talks about the direct benefits and the wider implications. I think the wider implications are so important. So when we talked about home ownership, we kind of said, well, yeah, obviously, on an individual level, it's really um, nice to have your own home. It's an investment, it's security, and you can, you know, you can adapt it the way you want. And then the, you know, the next paragraph was about um, how home ownership pushes the prices up and makes homes unaffordable and, um, you know, encourages people to buy houses just to, to rent out as a, as a property and not as a home and things like that. The wider implications um, was really, it, it showed sophistication and critical thinking. And this is exactly what this passage does too. It starts to analyse um, what life would look like um, if we had driverless cars. And it moves from the first conditional to the second conditional as the um, reading begins to speculate about what might happen. And that's another thing that's really good about this article is that it's all about hedging. I talk so much about hedging when you're writing task two. Nobody knows what the future will hold. So we can't use will. We have to say may or might. And if you go through this, as I said, you'll see throughout maybe, might be, could be, tends to be, is predicted to be. All of that language of critical thinking um, making predictions and hedging is is here for you to to follow and copy. Then, of course, what do you expect? Well, at the end, you expect the opposite, the negatives. And what do we get in paragraph F? A nice topic sentence again. There are a number of hurdles to overcome. That collocation in itself, that one line there are a number of hurdles to overcome. And then the final paragraph says the same thing in a different way. It says it is clear that there are many challenges that need to be addressed. Uh, it's perfect. It, it's absolutely perfect. I, I say this again and again. You can't just improve your writing by just doing writing practice. You have to have input. The input comes mostly from reading formal academic texts. So you might be reading to practice your reading. That's fantastic. But don't leave it there. If you've taken the time to practice your reading, 
go back through it again, like I'm doing now for you, and pull out that language that you can use. You'll start to notice it yourself. Um, the other good thing about this one, again, from the first paragraph, you've got the noun forms, which I talk so much about. I mean, listen to this. The implementation of robotic car manufacture from the 1970s onwards led to significant cost savings and improvements in the reliability and flexibility of vehicle mass production. There's hardly a verb in that sentence. It's all noun forms. The noun form will give you this formal language. So we've got implementation, car manufacture, significant cost savings, those kind of collocations, improvements in the reliability and flexibility, vehicle mass production. They're all noun forms. And you'll see this throughout. I will point this out to you throughout. Um, Okay, I'll, I'll go through the questions. I've still got plenty more to say about the reading itself. Please do read it if you get an opportunity. Um, the other thing to note, I'm coming on to the questions. Question 14 is, okay, so we're matching information with paragraphs. And the question 14 says, a reference to the amount of time when a car is not in use. Well, we're just looking for a number and there are numbers here. And again, that will help you with task one. Wait till you read this. It says the average car spends more than 90% of its life parked. So basically, that's your answer. It's the first number that they mention, apart from a few years. Um, it spends 90% of its life parked. Um, so that is it, the amount of time when a car is not in use. Um, question 15, mention of several advantages of driverless vehicles for individual road users. Well, we've talked about the advantages coming first, but this is a bit more specific. This says for individual road users. And that comes basically in the first paragraph. It says there are so many reasons why technology is advancing so fast. One frequently cited motive is safety. Um, and again, that language I love, one frequently cited motive is safety. Um, so that's, that's an advantage. This is where the advantages are. Um, and then it talks about another aim is to free the time people spend driving for other purposes. Um, it may be possible to be productive, to socialize or simply to relax while automation systems have responsibility for safe control of the vehicle. Um, if the vehicle can do the driving, those who are challenged by existing mobility models, such as older or disabled travelers, may be able to enjoy significantly greater travel autonomy. So 
that that's basically it. There's a lot of different types or individual road users and how this kind of car will benefit those individuals. Question 16, so that was paragraph B. Um, did I say paragraph C was 14? Right, paragraph B was 15. Now, paragraph, uh, question 16, we're looking for a reference to the opportunity of choosing the most appropriate vehicle for each trip. So this comes kind of in the middle when it's already talked about the advantages and then it goes on to imagine what could happen. So that comes a bit later on. And it says automation may prompt other changes in vehicle manufacturers, manufacture. Um, if we move to a model where consumers are tending not to own a single vehicle, but to purchase access to a range of vehicles, drivers will have the freedom to select one that best suits their needs for a particular journey. That's it, isn't it? So, um, choosing the most appropriate vehicle is the best one that suits their needs. That's the synonym. And for each trip, for a particular journey. So the synonyms are there as well. 17 is looking for an estimate of how long it will take to overcome a number of problems. So we've already said that the problems come right at the end where they talk about a number of hurdles to overcome. So now really you're looking for a number again because it's an estimate of how long it will take. And the number here is 10 years. It's in paragraph G. And if you want to look more carefully, it says these challenges can most probably be conquered within the next 10 years. You've got the guessing in the hedging. Uh, these challenges can most probably be conquered in the next 10 years. So that's the time frame. That's paragraph G, the last paragraph. Question 18, a suggestion that the use of driverless cars may have no effect on the number of vehicles manufactured. This one I had to look, uh, I had to dig a little bit deeper. I couldn't really skim and scan to find this. Um, but again, it's in the predictions, kind of in the middle, where it kind of tries to guess what will happen if uh, fewer people own cars. Um, it says cars will be, as a consequence, used more intensively and might need replacing sooner. This faster rate of turnover, turnover, by the way, came up in the listening a couple of weeks ago, and it was a key word. So this faster rate of turnover may mean that vehicle production will not necessarily decrease will not necessarily decrease. Again, it's hedging. It may have no effect on the number 
of vehicles manufactured. And that's it. They're five pretty easy matches that you could skim to find the, the right place in the article um, following that structure we talked about, the kind of structure you use for task two. Let's go and look now at the summary. And the title is The Impact of Driverless Cars. Well, that doesn't help us so much, but within the summary, there are two paragraphs. And each paragraph has a, a phrase with capital letters. So it's really easy to find. Um, the first line says, figures from the transport research laboratory. So you're immediately looking for the transport research laboratory. It's in paragraph B. Indicate that most motor accidents are partly due to something. So use your common sense. What are you looking for? What do you think most motor accidents are due to? Again, due to. This is on my blog of the most um, common mistakes with linking words. Due to is very often a mistake because it's a bit like in spite of and it's followed by a noun form but not a complete sentence. So here we're looking for a noun form and what does it say? Um, it says, the UK's Transport Research Laboratory, capital letters, has demonstrated that more than 90% of road collisions involve human error as a contributory factor. Human error. Two words, you could guess that, and it's a great collocation as well. It then goes on to say, so the introduction of driverless vehicles will result in greater safety. Again, think of your writing, pros and cons. It might result in greater safety. You could apply that to a number of, I don't know, technical innovations, I guess. The summary then says, in addition to the direct benefits of automation, it may bring other advantages. Lovely linking word there. In addition to hedging, it may bring other advantages. For example, schemes for something will be more workable, especially in towns and cities, resulting in fewer cars on the road. Okay, this skips a bit further to paragraph C. It is the next paragraph, and we're looking for schemes. Well, in paragraph C, it talks about initiatives. That's a synonym for schemes. Initiatives for car sharing become much more viable. So automation means that initiatives for car sharing become more viable. Even that means that, you know, I'm always telling you to think about what does that mean? So what? What's the result? Well, 
car sharing will become more viable. And car sharing is the gap here. Viable synonym is workable, particularly in urban areas. Synonym, especially in towns and cities. Resulting in another linking word. What's the result? Resulting in fewer cars on the road. And the synonym? Um, doo -doo -doo, uh, demand can be met by far few vehicles. Uh, that's not the synonym for that. Um, the synonym for, it doesn't say resulting in fewer cars on the road. Um, oh, yes, it is. Mobility demand can be met by far fewer vehicles. That's it. It is that. Sorry. Um, okay. The other thing I wanted to point out there was um, the resulting in the ING linking word. Okay. Now, the next paragraph is also capital letters. It says Michigan, University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute. So you go to the second part and you've got in paragraph D, modeling work by the University of Michigan, Michigan Transportation Research Institute suggests automated vehicles might reduce vehicle ownership by 43%. Look at that task one language there. Might hedging reduce vehicle ownership by the preposition 43%. In the summary, it says there could be a 43% drop. Excellent synonym. Might reduce. There might be a drop in. And the answer is ownership of cars because it said reduce vehicle ownership by 43%. Now, just watch out for a trick there because it says ownership of cars. You, do, you can use two words, but if you say vehicle ownership of cars, that doesn't make sense. You would lose a point. Here, you don't need to repeat vehicle because the synonym of cars means vehicle. So you just need the word ownership. And the last gap says, however, this would mean that the yearly something of each car would be twice as high as it currently is. The yearly something of each car would be twice as high. That's task one language again. So what does it say? As a consequence, um, each vehicle would be used more intensively and might need replacing sooner. This faster rate, no, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. Am I? Hang on. Um, would be twice as high. This would mean the yearly something. Sorry. Right. But the vehicle's average annual mileage would double as a result. The average annual mileage would double as a result. 
So we've got annual, synonym, yearly. Mileage is the answer. It would double, it would be twice as high. Look at that task one language. It would double, it would be twice as high. It's a good example of when you don't need data. You just need to analyse um, the change in words to show how important it is. Okay, then let's look at questions 23 and 24. Um, 23 and 24 says which two benefits of automated vehicles does the writer mention? And there are five to choose from. I'm going to read all five. So if you're listening, I'd like you to try to guess, even though you haven't read this in detail. So A, car travellers could enjoy considerable cost savings. So we're looking for um, something to do with how much money you will save. B, it would be easier to find parking spaces in urban areas. C, travellers could spend journeys doing something other than driving. D, people who find driving physically difficult could travel independently. E, a reduction in the number of cars would mean a reduction in pollution. Now, all of those seem plausible, but did you hear me mention cost savings? No. Did you hear me mention anything about easier to park? No. Did you even hear me mention anything about pollution? No, I didn't say those things. But the two things you probably heard me say were C, travellers could spend journeys doing something other than driving, and D, people could who find driving physically difficult could travel independently. And they are both there in the benefits in paragraph B. So it said you could socialise or relax, or um, older or disabled travellers may be able to travel with greater autonomy. That's in paragraph B easy. And then finally, questions 25 and 26, um, which two challenges? So you immediately go to those last two paragraphs, which two challenges to automated vehicle development does the writer mention? Well, I'm going to kind of briefly read these two paragraphs because they're good anyway for your language. So we said there are a number of hurdles to overcome. These include the technical difficulties in ensuring that the vehicle works reliably in the infinite range of traffic, weather and road situations it might encounter. So that's one, isn't it? Can it adapt to traffic, weather and road situations. Also, the regulatory challenges in understanding how liability and enforcement might change. So, you know, the legal implications now when drivers are no longer essential for vehicle operation. 
Finally, the societal changes that might be required for communities to trust and accept automated vehicles. So the, th the three things there are the hurdles to overcome. The final paragraph says this, um, it's clear there are many challenges that need to be addressed. And we talked about that excellent phrase, but through robust and targeted research, these can most probably be conquered within the next 10 years. Um, that's it. I'll, I'll stop there. Let's go back. Um, so here are the five options. A, making sure the general public has confidence in automated vehicles. B, managing the pace of transition from conventional to automated vehicles. C, deciding how to compensate professional drivers who become redundant. D, setting up the infrastructure to make roads suitable for automated vehicles. And E, getting automated vehicles to adapt to various driving conditions. You've probably guessed that, that last one, certainly E, the different driving conditions. We've talked about the traffic, weather and road situations, um, getting them to adapt, um, ensuring that the vehicle works reliably. Those are the synonyms. Um, the first one, A, making sure general public has confidence. Well, yes, the societal changes that may be required for communities to trust and accept automated vehicles. The other things, okay, B, the pace of transition, that wasn't mentioned. Uh, deciding how to compensate professional drivers, totally not mentioned. And they didn't really mention setting up infrastructure, infrastructure to make roads suitable. That wasn't mentioned either. So there's quite a simple choice there. So this is an easy one. 